Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to be talking about Dune yet mm-hmm. again, but this time... Double Dune. It's here, d- Double Dune. <laughs> Double Dune Day here on the Roger Roger podcast, talking about Dune 2021. Uh, at the time of this recording, it, it is uh, just hit the just hit the theaters, Um I tried to get IMAX tickets to go see it, but they were all yep. sold out here in Atlanta for the whole weekend. So I watched it on HBO Max. <laughs> Basically the same story here. I didn't try for IMAX, but I tried for um, a Sunday just viewing and I couldn't get one at a decent time. So, I, And the HBO Max viewing was very good. It was seamless. It was very yeah. clean and looked great. I uh, had to turn the lights off. It did get a little dark at times, but that's mm. no problem. And it looks better in the dark anyway. But I would have loved to see this on the big screen. I might even, you know, if I go with somebody else, maybe I'll try that. But it was a big... I love movies like this on the screen. Yeah, I mean, very rarely do I shell out the dough for IMAX. But in this case, it was actually filmed with those, like, IMAX-approved Panasonic whatever lenses. And yeah, so it was like made for IMAX. And then I'll I'll splurge. But you couldn't go. And yeah, I don't mind watching at my house. It's just unfortunate because you hear about all these actors and directors and stuff who publicly voice their dissatisfaction with studios doing same-day releases on streaming. The director of Dune specifically... Very upset. Uh, Dennis Villanueva. Villanueva. Well, he wants to make sure that number two comes out. (laughs) So he wants those box office Yeah, that's the thing, right? This movie was made with the, like, vague verbal agreement. There would be a sequel if you guys sold enough tickets because, I mean, usually these movies are shot straight through, but... They were they did this wait and see thing, so he's but upset about that. But I think that's actually that. going to be okay. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's yeah. been the most anticipated movie of the year for two years, which yeah. is a very rare title to hold for that long. It's got to be some kind of record. So yep. And I have some numbers actually. Okay. Um, so domestic box office was forty million worldwide. Um, I think brings the total to um, like I think we're at two hundred and twenty-five million at the time which... of recording. Post-pandemic, that's pretty big. Hey, look, we both had trouble getting seats to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think the budget was $165 million, so, you know, it's not quite double um But I think just in budget. the press alone, and people will continue to see it as the word of mouth spreads on it. And Oh, yeah. Well, it's also, you have to think about, once they get the numbers for how many people stream this on opening weekend and Monday or opening week, whatever the, mm-hmm. the metric is for it, I think this is a clear... Hey, we're going to make number two. Everybody wants to see this. Oh, yeah. I think um, it's already been greenlit, if I'm not mistaken. I, I looked it up. As far as I could see, it was it's all but confirmed. Mm. And I think Warner Brothers has even said, yeah, we really are interested, but we it's not on the books yet. Interesting. But um, wow. I think it will be, and I think we'll get it, because, um, and I think they'll easily double budget, because people are going to keep seeing this movie. Hey, I would even see it in IMAX, and even though I already saw it already, you know, so... We'll see how that goes, but uh, first impressions, Charles, what do you think? First impressions going to keep it spoiler-free for all you folks out there considering the movie. 
Um, oh, good, because I was going to forget about that. So. <laughs> the first five minutes are still about four minutes in right now, but the first five minutes or so, we'll, we'll just, five to ten minutes, we'll just keep it spoiler-free here. And I will say that I thought it was good. I liked it quite a bit. A vast improvement from oh, the man. Dune that we saw a few weeks ago. We did an episode on the Dune from 1984, and uh, we had our thoughts about that. Go check that out. And this one is much improved. You know, this director is someone who I respect quite a bit. He made Arrival, which is my favorite sci-fi movie of, like, the modern era. So looking forward to this movie quite a bit. And it had all the right ingredients. It had a really interesting cast. You have some Star Wars shout-outs scattered amongst the cast as well. So I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I'd Like you, I thought it looked good. And, uh, you know, we can get more into the weeds with the movie. But overall, I thought it was a very successful, like very ambitious and very successful at the same time, which is a a rare thing to see these days. So I'm very happy. Yeah, I have to I would agree with basically everything that you said. It was (laughs) I mean, there I I couldn't find really many things even wrong with the movie. I think Mm -hmm. it was executed incredibly well. It's the pacing was great. Yeah. It looked great. It, I mean, it was, and it, in fact, it was above what I expected. This was a, I, you know, it wasn't one of the best movies I've ever seen, but yeah. it was a f- very good movie, and I was very happy with it. And it was I'm a very looking good forward movie. to it. It looked one. great. Loved yeah. the costumes. the The one thing I would say is, um, it's a much more, I don't want to say mature sci fi movie, but it's definitely higher concept, a bit it's drier. Real- like yeah. you may want some subtitles on when you're watching. Um, but for me, as someone who enjoys that kind of content, I was enjoying it quite a bit. It's just something I feel like we should say for like more moviegoers. It's like, Hey, if like you don't want it to get more complicated than the way Star Wars gets complicated, it it might be too much for you, but, or or more than you're willing to take on because it is kind of can be kind of dry at times and lots of politics and stuff. But to me, that's what makes it good. And that's what makes it different from Star Wars. And that's what makes it, like, stand out. I know the directors said, like, I wanted to make Star Wars for adults. But I'm like, Star Wars is for adults already. But I guess it's like a more mature-themed, mature presentation of a science fiction epic that also pushes the boundaries of, like, cinematography and stuff like that so in that sense i'd say he's mostly succeeded and i'm looking forward to to more dune in the future i will definitely be checking out the second movie if and when it comes out yeah i i would agree with most of that too it's it's very it is a i wouldn't say like a mature star wars but it is a it is a more traditional sci-fi space epic Mm -hmm. it is kind of something that i've been waiting for for a long time we haven't had a movie like this in a while um we've had some just real traditional sci-fi we've had a lot of fantasy sci-fi but this is just a a, you know a sci-fi epic tale and it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun it's i and i don't even think it's that confusing any of the politics stuff you can kind of brush off and you're like those are the bad guys those are the good guys Mm -hmm. it's um i think it's very clean it's Mm -hmm. i think it's easy enough to understand Maybe not some of the mumbling, but that's you know, sound design. <laughs> Very much mumblecore you know. in this movie. <laughs> this a lot movie of, has a uh, lot of mumblecore, mm-hmm. and that's okay though. It 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 
Yeah, it, it's not too hard to follow along, and they make it. They do a very good job of giving everyone their own distinct like costume design and stuff. It's very easy to tell people apart. And oh, the design is through. incredible. Yeah, yeah I it mean, looks great. you have all the ships are incredibly cool. They, I'm, you know, um, you're listening to the book right now. I haven't gotten to it yet, mm-hmm. but um, I wonder if the, you know we have those dragonfly things. We have our yeah, the you know, ornithopters the, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is so They're cool, and you could see some of the influence from the older movie that they tried to do some of like the the angular ships and some of the round ships and everything just looks perfect like you said the costumes some are for the armor our um everything the characters are wearing the set pieces are better it's just a home run visually and um it has a it does give you throughout the whole movie it does have a consistent feel of like mystery and like just kind of what you hope dune would convey it has the the ambient music kind of works with it too and the soundtrack i think really helps this kind of like just like mysterious wild area and it kind of Mm -hmm. just permeates throughout the whole movie and i think that's a another win as well Mm -hmm. and i think of the only like one of the last spoiler free points i want to make is that i think a large part of this movie's success is you know you have the director dennis villanova villanova who um from the beginning of his career was targeting to make dune and really yeah and he wanted to cut his teeth on other sci-fi movies before jumping into dune and so i feel like when he did arrival and blade runner 2049 it's kind of like him getting the reps in and this is like a lifelong passion project of his to make this movie so if anyone's on the fence about going, it's like, I mean, come on. You have a visionary filmmaker with passion for science fiction who's made it his life's goal to get the opportunity to make this movie, and now he's made it, and he was very successful. So, that's yeah, that's all I crazy. About that. Because I, I actually, one of my points, I have, I think, two more points about non spoiler stuff I want to bring up. And one of them, or maybe it's three, but one of them was. I uh, one of my worries about the next movie is that it's if it's not picked up yet, that means they didn't start filming yet or they didn't. Maybe there's not a screenplay written yet. But um, I was worried that over that course of a year, two years, three years, we might have a different writer. We might have a different um, director. We might have a different producer. You know, something along the way could change and foul up the second movie because and I hope that doesn't happen because i after seeing dune 1984 this is exactly how i want what i wanted from the movie yeah everything they did they fixed everything they fixed they made better it just every it's literally what i thought the movie should be it's done it's executed almost perfectly yeah this is what dune should be and i didn't think i would say that at all yeah (laughs) so i really it's crazy that this guy he went his career trying to do this and i think he hit a home run he really he achieved his dream that's kind of cool i didn't know that yeah it is pretty cool and um super just you know super happy for him and i was glad to check it out and highly highly recommend uh so with that being said i think we just kind of talk our way through the movie here um, uh, well, one more thing about no spoilers. I think if you guys have seen any of the other Dune stuff that's come out, maybe not the book because it's the book, mm-hmm. but um, this has, I think, a much clearer plot. It get it paces everything better. Um, oh, definitely. You know, about uh, this whole movie is probably the first half, 
maybe for a little over half of the uh, of the 1984 movie, and then it's sped up while also being painfully slow, and it does it feels horrible. <laughs> but this movie, it's just paced well. The plot is they change parts of the plot that you don't need, or that maybe they forced in or they changed, and mm-hmm. it it's just really smooth. And I think it's a it's a real good watching experience. If you didn't have a good Dune experience in the past, I think you really will now. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, sir. Check out Dune yeah. 2021 sci-fi okay. romp of the of the of the year. <laughs> um now spoilers. Uh they didn't say spice melange once and I shut it off. They didn't say spice melange? They said, I don't think so. Did you get they, a, they didn't whisper spice, it? No. Spice melange. They didn't do that. I don't think once, they said melange. Once. That was disappointing. I don't think melange came up. There's no name. I don't think the spice was named. I didn't catch it. Interesting. I, Did you I, make a note that it was? I didn't make a note that there wasn't. I'm not confident. I, I made a note that it wasn't. Okay. I, uh, I, but, yeah, but I could be wrong. They definitely... Tweet at me if I'm wrong. I was definitely wondering out. what aspects of the 1980, the David Lynch version they were going to pick up from. You know, I think they got like character design, costume design at, at yeah. some level was modeled after those movies setting that's the part that worked really well i think they did a good job mimicking that as well Mm -hmm. uh so those things for sure and the feel the kind of feel of yeah you know what i mean like the the, what i'm talking like the mysterious nature of arrakis and dune and the music they're they're, like we're not trashing the 1984 version it's a bad movie but there were parts (laughs) that really felt right and they picked up on all the good things lynch Mm -hmm. did and brought them over here and except the whispering they didn't do that yeah yeah, that was uh, the one place where they messed up but i feel like that's such a director trademark thing for Mm -hmm. uh david lynch to do not necessarily whispering in a movie but like doing weird stuff like that that to copy it directly would almost be like yeah but i thought the name of the spice was in the book it is it's called the spice yeah. melange but um you know i guess they maybe i just like... missed it and no body horror really there was no lynchian grossness other yeah. than that, like spider with human hands which was kind of cool yeah there were some stabbings and stuff but pretty minimal but nothing and it's pg-13 like the Baron, as know? well yeah. Which, you know, I get why it was PG-13. It's trying to be a widely accessible blockbuster. But I almost wish in those moments we got some R-rated footage. But it didn't need it. It didn't need it. It didn't need it. it. You're not losing anything. I'm just a a sicko. I I don't like the blood, but that's just me. It didn't need it at all. But it's just interesting. I'm like, wait, what's this movie rated again? And I was like, oh, it's PG-13? Weird. It really, you don't feel it. PG thirteen. It's not like there's a total absence of blood, or I mean, there's it's no a very mature looking or, or film. Like I would have, yeah. I just assumed it was R. I, I something was up for me when they like would cut away from all the death and stuff, and I was like, why is there like, why is there yeah. cameras cutting away? Why is there no blood when this dude gets stabbed in the yeah. guts? He's then there's no blood comes out. It's like that's weird. And, and yeah, then I had and to they look tone it up. down some of the gross stuff too a lot, like the Baron is. Oh yeah. Well, I think the Baron in this day and age is considered a bit problematic, even from a storytelling perspective for a villain. Well, not so. just that. Their whole like 
Empire was based on like gross stuff. Like they had like dis- like diseases and slime, and there was everything about. I forgot the the. Horror. Well, the Baron is still diseased and stuff in this movie. You get some of that, but he's not as. He like, doesn't have like boils and like. He's his not skin is as off. grotesque. He's almost yeah. like baby looking <laughs> in in this. But one. I mean, some of the other people on the Har Harkonians, Harkonans. Yeah, the Harkonians. They had other weird gross Harkonnens. stuff going on. Too. Harkonnen, yeah. They had other, like, I don't know. They, they had a whole, like, plague thing going on, and they were, like, all about it. So yeah. maybe that was a lynch thing. I don't know. Mm. But, um, no, everything, it you know, you don't lose that. But I would like less cutaways from people getting blown up and stuff. But Right, right. And, you know, just to bring this movie back to the beginning, it it's... Oh, with it's... the monologue? <laughs> so much better yeah way better and it actually shows stuff and it and it tells you actually what's happening and that's some bunch of gibberish yeah. it sets up the plot ago, yeah spice and you actually yeah and you actually get to feel um the plight of the the free uh fremen the fremen yeah. S- yeah and you see that even in the first you know this entire movie which was one of my complaints about the last one is that you see them and they're like oh hey we live in the desert and you're like yeah, I get what you're going for, that, you know, they're persecuted and they're hiding and all of this stuff, and you don't feel it. Here, you actually begin to feel it right away, which mm-hmm. I thought was done really well. Yeah, and it does a good job of introducing us to, like, here's the spice, space travel with it, very important. Yeah. They never said he who controls the spice uh, controls the world, or whatever. you didn't get that. They said it was the most important resource, yeah. uh, resource by far in the universe, but no, they. I guess he didn't. He avoided specific lines on purpose. He didn't want to get, get memed into a, oblivion. You know, he just wanted yeah, to. And the spice, the spice. <laughs> that's gonna. He would. He knew. And as a different director, he obviously had a very specific creative vision for this, and he didn't mm-hmm. want to. I guess take obvious stuff from lynch's film so yeah you didn't want to bring people out of it by having these like iconic bizarre moments come in you don't want to like maybe people laugh from the references you know that's not what he's out here trying to do um but i do want to give a shout out since we're at the top to timothy chalmay and oscar isaac especially in the beginning mm-hmm. of this movie um when they're on their home planet and uh it's it's filmed in norway i believe very cool setting, very cool characters. Looks great, yeah. Big fan of House Atreides. Um, it was nice to see Oscar Isaac, is the Star Wars connection, uh, our Poe Dameron here, play a much more mature, serious, stoic role than we're used yeah. to him as the hot-headed flyboy in uh, the Star Wars uh, prequel trilogy. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that beard was real. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> You think that's a long beard? It's a long beard for sure, yeah. but he's he's grown. Beard they definitely movies put before. some white in his hair. They made him look like uh, an old dad. I don't think he he's a pretty young spunky flyboy. Gotta spend that two hundred million dollar budget somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the white streets. <laughs> 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 no, but he was great. I and that's another thing I don't think we mentioned. I think the acting in this movie is fantastic. Everyone really does their part well i mean it's not like academy award-winning acting acting but everybody you know really works with their character and it feels right you know what i mean yeah nobody's like miscast and i thought they like seeing them side by side too timothy chalamet and um oscar isaac it's kind of interesting they look kind of you know they both have dark hair they have this like distinct age gap look to them that I could get them as father and son and it's also kind of interesting because 
uh, Oscar Isaac had like a pretty meteoric rise. He was in like everything five years ago, ten years ago. He he was in like he was in X Men, Star Wars. He was in Ex Machina, like all at the same time. He was just absolutely mm-hmm. killing it. And now you have Timothy Chalamet, who is like a really hot prop right now. <laughs> he's in everything as well. He's like a he's in a, he's like a very unique kind of heartthrobby looking kind of guy. Like when he's just standing there smoldering, I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, they got he, yeah, him and Zendaya for the kids. They got it. and that's why the PG thirteen rating is there. I mean, he does a great job. Yeah, he's a convincing Paul. I like him. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. there is something weirdly. I like Kyle MacLachlan's um, performance, performance in, yeah. eight, in, uh, in 1984 version. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. Um, it's. It's. I can kind of tell that I feel like New Paul has watched Old Dune to kind of. Oh yeah. Say things of in a specific way. I know. I'm just saying he did his research. But uh, Kyle MacLachlan, I have to say, he was probably one of the, my favorite parts of something weird like i don't i don't i don't love him as a character or how he portrays himself in the movie but it kind of fits and i think uh timothy timothy chalamet does it also fits like whatever that cadence or i don't know what it what it is but it does it fits very well as paul and they both do a good job representing the character i agree and i i liked kyle mclaughlin quite a bit you know i i didn't mind any of the performances in the original movie um but except i don't know Patrick Stewart, sorry, bro. That was a weird casting job. It was, but, I, I wish he showed up. In this but now Thanos has got your role, so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, times have changed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's they ha- both have a very similar look, which is like it's interesting that you're going for the same look for, the, for your main character. Um, but you know, it's it's an interesting look. I, I like it, yeah. and you know, I think Timothy, Timothy Chalamet brought his own. Um, angle to the character he's definitely much more um like struggling which reading the book now is definitely a huge part of it these moments where he's like i'm a freak you did this to me like like that's very much a part of the original character that kyle mclaughlin i think was just too reserved and also he's just there's something like almost whimsical about him and and like you can't you have a hard time reading his face sometimes kyle mclaughlin so um but that kind of works for paul yeah it worked for his version of paul and then timothy chalamet has got this more smoldering look he's much skinnier he's much younger looking even though they were around the same age in these roles um so it was interesting to see and they pulled it off and i i loved being around house you know seeing house atreides and then they had that whole conversation about um you know you're like you'll be the king one day he's like oh i didn't want it either and then it was he, nice. it was a great it was setup, a great yeah. scene and then he's like um th- this ring like i rejected it too and and then it was thrust on me and, and he's like good leaders they don't choose it it's offered to them and then they rise to the occasion kind of a thing and i was like okay that's cool i enjoyed that as well but then he said this thing he like grabs him by the shoulder he's like you are what i always all i ever wanted you to be my son and i was like this is so cute the books never went this direction the book was very specifically was like um you know he wish he had time to be a dad but he was too busy being the duke and then they like have this meet up and it's like 
you know, you are my son, whatever. We'll, we'll work it out. Um, he's like, but it was like being a father was definitely like secondary Second, to his role wow. as the Duke, but he was a nice guy. He did like bail on the spice to save the crew. Like that happened in the books as well, but they definitely played up their father, son, bond a lot he was more a in kind this. of bonding in the 1984 movie i kind of felt like he was a i think he was uh, more yeah but you get the sense like that they're kind of strangers you know like they they don't hang out too much until they leave the planet and then they start oh, talking okay. to each other and he starts to take him under his wing because he's supposedly 15 now so okay, you're a man now like we're doing this big move to dune and we need to like start it's a different way to go yeah because they're gonna you know kill him off yeah, I liked it though. I thought he did a really good job. Your know, Oscar Isaac's mm-hmm. so talented, um, and it, 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 that that was one of my favorite scenes, and it was just, just fun. And uh, then that gets us very quickly to to the Dune planet, which was also shot on location, I think, in like Jakarta, somewhere in the Middle East, which was very cool. And again, this is these moments you see this and you're like, I should be in an IMAX theater right now. <laughs> yeah i really liked um everything the way it's shot and that actually reminds me the first shot of the you know i don't remember the name of the city it starts with an a but um the the main arrakis? city on arrakis no oh. the main city not the planet it does start with an a though um and it's beautiful it's like exactly what you would like think a desert city looks like within the Mm. walls and it looks you know so much better not that the other one in 84 looked bad but this one like and all the buildings are like angular because you know the wind in the sand has to hit off of them and it's like the color of stone that you would expect it just looks great and the insides you know the sets inside look great yeah it's a good uh yeah no all the sets were cool and what i liked about it was you know it's a sci-fi movie taking place in the very distant future but yeah, there was yeah, but it's like stone rooms with like carvings on the walls and like they're flipping through these books and ancient texts, ancient yeah. texts and the, and even like the technology like when he's watching the um hologram that's teaching him about sandworms and stuff and he's and spice and he's watching those it has this kind of like retro vibe to it already so it's like a projector kind of thing it was a very thoughtful very meticulous world building uh on the parts of the filmmakers here both first of all we didn't say like whatever those jackets are that house atreides has those black ones with the collars like i gotta get me one of those (laughs) those are awesome. I mean, they look so good when they were like all dressed up before they head yeah. off to Arrakis. Like, man. Uh, but yeah, so the costumes delivered and it was cool. It was um, really nice to see this interesting blend of like Middle Eastern bizarre, like more traditional setting with space travel and technology. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the original idea anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, a complete juxtaposition, you know, a little, and you get that in Star Wars. It's a lot, you, like we said in the other one, there's a lot of uh, sand worlds in yeah. sci fi. Oh, know. yeah. I guess it's, it's like um, horror movies being all filmed in the woods. You don't need a permit sometimes. Yeah, it's just shoot like, in the middle of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you just need some places to hide and yeah. that you can film for free, and there's not people around <laughs> that are going to walk yeah. on the shot. 
we get a worm pretty soon after that, our first worm sign. No lightning, which was interesting. I kind of it made it a little more um, like yeah, serious. Yeah, if, if I'm being honest with everyone here in the, in the recording didn't right get now, worm. didn't get enough worm, and the worm didn't I got didn't do it for me. Just got to say. Yeah. No storms. The, and like, well, no, there's a sandstorm. But like no sense of like scale for me. Like I think what the original Dune movie did really well, even though they look obviously fake, is they had this huge scale and they look kind of cool. They even still looked cool today. It was one of the best they parts looked, of the movie. Yeah. They looked good. They were ominous. They were creepy. Um, but I have to. I do agree. I think the 1984 version did worms better. I, which is a hot take. I maybe was, it's not. I was like, they're but, gonna yeah. show a worm in like the last scene, aren't they? And, and I mean, they hinted at it. They got these like sarlacc pit looking things, and I get it's yeah. like oh, like whales with the where they filter out the krill and whatever with the creatine brush mouth. Like okay, like I can kind of get baleen. that baleen. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you live, you used, to, you grew up right next to the whaling museum, so I volunteered sh- at the you whaling should museum. Know. <laughs> Scrimshaw. Uh, <laughs> what? That's the word I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good word. We got a Baleen and Scrimshaw drop. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, I could tell hey, that there's some Speaking of, they take reference. the teeth and make knives out of it. Yeah. That's a little Scrimshaw-y. Yeah, and it looked kind of like Scrimshaw-y for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's from the big worm, too. Yeah, you get like that Moby Dick kind of. <laughs> Scrimshaw is carvings, intricate carvings and art on whalebone, I believe. For those yeah, and then you like spit tobacco on it and rub it in. So it like fills in the scratchings on the whalebone and make to make the image. Yeah, that's what Scrimshaw is. But uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, Dune and... Uh, all those bristles and things. So you got a little bit of that. It kind of reminded me of the Sarlacc pit. When I'm talking about Star yeah. Wars. Oh, I mean, exactly. But like with, I mean, I, like who influenced who, right? It's like Dune was written in the 60s. So yeah. Well, <laughs> I looked that up actually. Dune, other than a, uh, there was a, some a Mongolian myth about sandworms that were like, mm. I guess maybe a meter long. They could like bite your leg or something. But in the modern lexicon, or you know anything like that, Dune. The book is the first idea, uh, the first permeation mm-hmm. of sandworms, and that definitely influenced Tremors, Star Wars, anything oh, yeah. where you could think of it. It came from Dune, and that might and have been influenced great. by like, some. One of the best culture. parts of the book is to learn more about the world and the sandworms and the technology mm-hmm. and stuff, and how they all yeah the spice to each other. Uh, mining spice and all mining. Of that stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it's. More so than maybe like the main character who's like this hardcore chosen one type and the villain who's very like obviously evil. Um, but that's something we can get into. Like, I think maybe my favorite. Well, they did change that. We could go there. Right yeah, now. I, think I think my favorite good. character was the Baron. I love well, that noise it makes when his like spine it's machine creepy, yeah. turns on. It's very bassy and like clicky, like mechanical clicking noises him as well. It's like. Yeah. And he and he turns on and he starts floating around. I thought that was cool. Stellan Skarsgård, I mean, yeah, yeah. who I always he's the kind of guy I'm like, oh that guy, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. I have to say, one of my notes is that he doesn't look as stupid flying around like he did in the old one. Oh he, yeah, they kind of give him like a long cloak, so he kind of like hovers, and it like actually makes something that was going to be silly and memeable um actually a little menacing and you're like this is 
gross and creepy. Yeah. And I think it really, and, you know, especially with that mechanical bassy noise, like on the spine thing, but favorite character is a bold. (laughs) Well, I think that mechanical clicky spine thing was my favorite noise in the whole movie. So yeah, I was just like, ooh, this guy's cool. <laughs> it went no, a long I mean, way. I, I understand it. Hey, and guess what? My Dolph Lundgren character that I said didn't need to be there is not there because he's a useless character. <laughs> oh, no, it was. It was like David Bowie or somebody. Who'd you say it was? Sting? Sting, yeah. Yeah, he it was looks like, it looked not like in this movie. They wrote that Yeah, character. well, that whole character. Right, because it was pointless, and I called it. <laughs> well now they just have dave batista doing all of it <laughs> well yeah i mean that's better i mean he could really play both parts um or just put the parts together right and if you that's drax if you guys don't know from um guardians, guardians of the galaxy yeah another marvel so we got one star wars two marvel in here it's pretty good well, we got more than two marvel we got dave batista we've got josh Thanos. brolin and then we got stellan Skarsgård, the baron himself he was the one who's, yeah, he's, he's like the Tesseract, and he's like going up with Thor to the top of the tower, and he's got the Tesseract. That's three people. Uh, I'll take your word on that. Dude, he's an no Ultron. He's a scientist. Just a scientist? Well, he's like a main character with speaking parts, but he was the one who was like helping with the Tesseract, and he was like up there at the top of the roof, like plugging away on the computer. He was in Thor for sure, and he's an Ultron, Age of Ultron. You're killing me. You. But he's in—he's a Marvel guy. He's not like a superhero, right, cool. but he's in Marvel, so that's at least three. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. So quite. Oh, nasty. speaking of Marvel, in but we mentioned. Oh, and Mary office. Jane. Hello, Spider Man. She's in it too. Zendaya. Yeah, but that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, all that's right. Four. <laughs> like, that's four. Yeah. a lot of people. Well, she was hardly in this movie, which but is she actually was like the point. whole. She's like yes. open on her. She's yes. in every prophecy, well, and then she's at the end. So it's like. Right. But I have a feeling. I really hope that they give her the role she deserves in the second movie, because again, m- one of my complaints about the first uh, 1984 is that. The girlfriend character Zendaya. I don't. We. I don't know if I remember her name. She is completely useless. In the inter- yeah, oh yeah, that's so embarrassing. Kyle McLaughlin meets her and they just start making out right away. You're yeah. like, this is so embarrassing. And it just it, then it picks up and like I said, it's super rushed, but it feels really long. And she does nothing the whole movie. So I think since they have now another two and a half hours to work with, mm-hmm. that she's going to actually have a really pivotal role, and I'm really looking forward to that. Because that was one of the stupidest parts of the other yeah, movie. Yeah, and I understand that she has nothing to do until the very end of it's, this I movie. mean, something has to give when you're cutting, you know, yeah. five hours down to two. It's Right. Something's got to so give. So I am looking forward to that, to see what her character actually is. And there were some definite, uh, definite changes that surprised me from the, um, I don't know about the book, but from the movie. Mm-hmm. The old movie, excuse me. Um, I guess we're in spoiler territory anyway. So Aquaman... Yep. Uh, dies yep. that was i mean he might come back maybe they save him or something but they they definitely know people know the story so they did a couple of things to tweak it change it up and i really um i, I love that because yeah. then it's like a different rendition it's like you know how lord of the rings isn't exactly i mean it's basically like the book but there's 
it's different enough that you're like, oh, this is like yeah, the adaptation, what it chooses to highlight, what it chooses to push back, and what it chooses to cut, what it chooses to bring in new. Yeah, it's interesting. Not just a this Jason Momoa character is interesting. I like that they had someone who went ahead, learned the culture of the Fremen, so that when the House Atreides arrived, they would be able to prepare. And they built up this whole arc of the Fremen and the alliance with the Fremen is where the value is. And now that they've lost the spice mines to the Baron, it's like that much more important. So was that in the book? Well, I don't remember them being like desert power. I think that's something well, that's that they. Little, that's, I think that's something that they wrote for these movies. I wrote down desert power. <laughs> that's a little silly. I was they like, this is like so stupid. Times. I was like, how many times do you have to say desert power? It like, doesn't make. It didn't make sense the first time. Now you're trying to make it a thing. Like, let's let it go. Um, that was like a higher up being like, we need a quotable thing, desert <laughs> power. And that, and he was like, all right, I'll if I could do a second desert movie, I'll let power. you have desert power. Doesn't even power. sound right. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's lame. But I mean, like the idea because they totally uh, just blew by all of that in 1984. So I, I'm wondering if that was uh. Duncan because I know Duncan did go in advance to arrakis mm-hmm. in 1984 i'm assuming he did in the book but in the yeah. movie you have absolutely no idea why you're like is he just going to set up stuff mm-hmm. um i don't think i missed it i don't think both of us well, missed like when he spits part. on the floor it's like oh that's actually like a great honor because body moisture is so precious that i, w- <laughs> I was gonna ask is that in the book because yes. that's very funny yes, it is, it is i was like book. that's clever that's yeah funny. they go into a lot of detail about body moisture and recycled well, water yeah, makes and perfect sense. spitting yeah. and all that yeah it's all part of it and the whole line about like only two percent of your body water is wasted or something and then it's like okay like that's kind of gross but whatever oh, well, it's I cool think they, though. that was in the old one too yeah the suits they mentioned that yeah the suits are cool and it's funny because in both of these movies they made the suits black uh when in the books they're supposed to like blend in with the sand they're like camo but it's like if you, yeah. you can't film that it's the black right. is very striking and looks cool so that's why it's in or the even movies. yeah or even white you would expect just from a like thermo um you know, right. standpoint that's true black is like the worst possible color you could pick but i understand it's yeah a, yeah you know, a film thing because it's cool <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well not literally it would be hot but yeah <laughs> but uh it looks it looks damn cool the suits look great right but and yeah, it's funny, so- i'm not used to seeing jason momoa clean shaven either i was quite yeah. i was getting used to that and i know he was clean shaven in some earlier works but i he, he's cal drogo to me and yeah, even a little right. bit he's aquaman so to see him now baby-faced i was like whoa i'm not ready for that but, you know, I thought he did a good job. And then this yeah, whole fight scene did. where he's like, I didn't hear no bell. And <laughs> he pulls the <laughs> he pulls the sword out of himself and keeps fighting. You're like, dang, dude. Like, okay. It's funny this, how shields work in this world, too. It's like, okay, they work a little bit and then they don't work. But they look better than the 1984 version where they went polygon. <laughs> but those had a weird aesthetic. I love those. I don't know. <laughs> They're they kind of fun. Like a Tron. Yeah, they had a weird Tron thing going on. I liked it. But uh, yeah, these work be- uh, look way better, and they work pretty much the same, which is kind of cool. They kept that. Appreciate and, uh, how they we- ch- chose to do like blue and red hits, where it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> makes it visually and, um, easier to see. Not necessary when you're actually making the shield itself, but for watching, it helps. <laughs> right. And I think that is a good like segue into why nobody has guns. 
<laughs> you know, um, because I guess a projectile would be too fast and the shields would render them mm. useless. So everybody uses swords, yeah. which is it's, great. And to me, it's like hand-to-hand combat anyway. in the distant future. I was like, that seems bizarre. I was just reading a science well, make fiction work, book you know? from an author who... I know personally, Miles Cameron, Artifact Space, but in that book, they're nice in sh- in ships, and when they engage in battle, it happens automatically and happens in the course of, like, faster than a human being could hope to process it, and it just right. goes. And, like, battle tacticians are more, like, just programmers than anything else, and just, like... <laughs> Here, here we go, and it just happens super fast, and then it's over. So then to see, like, you know, we do hand-to-hand combat with swords here, you're like... Remember, it's still, like, it was written in 1960. And all their technology know. sucked. That's part of it. Like, the Baron left them with nothing on purpose, sabotaged them, and then when the actual what's-their-names came, like, funded by the Emperor... Just right. absolutely destroyed. They had, But they like, were still using uh, swords. That's the weapon of choice in you know, the future, the year 10,000. Mm. It's because I think guns were rendered useless because of the shields. But you darts know, are like, still fair game? But they're weird. They're like darts that once they hit the shield, they kind of like hammer their way in slowly. Do you have time to f- save yourself if you are if you make it? Mm-hmm. So they're still not as effective as a sword through the gut. So that is, I, I think, a cool way to make it work within the universe. You know, it's kind of like how... Um, shields became the the more important thing in Star Wars, so you lose um, like physical projectiles and you lose um, lasers and stuff like that. Mm. There's a whole lore behind all of that. Like, I mean, it, it works. Sort of it fits in with the world. I think the point is also that this planet is supposed to movie. be this planet is supposed to be otherwise deserted and valueless. It's just the irony that the spice melange is there and that makes it the most valuable planet in the world so there's this juxtaposition of so like ancient the, right? vi- the value of its resources versus the value of the planet itself and the people that live in it and the huge disparity between those two things is a central part to dune so the fact that the technology's kind of bad the living conditions are more rustic it's it's and unforgiving and stuff like that. It's all part of this world building that's supposed to make you think like, hey, the locals are being left behind because the government's just there for spice. <laughs> it's like, where yeah. have we seen that in history before? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I've said about sci-fi time and time mm-hmm. again. It usually relates to problems of uh, the day and resource mm-hmm. uh, management and resource stealing um, is something that's been going on for centuries. That's not something that's going to change. I wonder if we see more of that in the next one where it relates to oil or something. I could definitely see that. Um, but it might. they might keep it just a oh, timeless yeah. message. I mean, it's a parallel than, to the Middle East yeah. for sure and oil and all of yeah. that. So that's a part of it, but it's not like a big enough part that it's like – this is the theme that we're teaching you. Like, don't occupy. No, but see, good sci-fi doesn't do oil. <laughs> <laughs> no, but good sci-fi doesn't do that. It's always there, subtly. Yeah. Like, you know, resource. You know, you don't want to use all the resources and ruin the planet. You know, mm-hmm. so that's good. Good sci-fi does it subtly, which mm-hmm. I think this. You know, you could pick up on what it's talking about, but it's not even talking about it. It's just part of the plot, which is, you know, if you're, it's what sci-fi is and should be. And I think that comes directly from the book, which is, you know, why it's probably very good. Although I'm sure the director had great, you know, 
ideas with that as well. And just don't cross the Sadukara. That's all you got to know. <laughs> those guys were tough SOBs. And then they had like all those guys well, strapped way upside too down. And like that was weird. Like mass sacrifice thing going on and the throat they were, singing. They were and slowly <laughs> like draining their blood to yeah. like put on the warriors. But it was like also which... raining. So you couldn't even tell it was blood. And I also it was, was PG-13. So yeah, that's why it was raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, they were kind of cool. I like the throat singing. Um, and, you know, I've got to make a confession about the music that you, you brought it up a few times. I love Hans Zimmer. He's written some of the best scores in all of cinema. But I feel like this is his, like, Inception route, which was breakthrough when Inception came out. And people have been emulating it ever since. But I feel like this movie just wasn't up to his usual standards. I, I wasn't, can understand that. I wasn't walking away from that remembering any of the tunes. I just remember the synth bagpipes, and I was like, this is not good. It's like... Well, if you remember what I said, and I, was I like, said this is ambient, ambient music. It's almost not a score. So I understand why it's not a score. Like, you wouldn't get the soundtrack. You would never listen to this. But I think it is, I think it's very fitting for Dune. It kind Mm. of gives a mysterious, like, background, weird sound. Mm. And it's kind of got a little, like, Arabian type of thing going on Mm. sometimes. I I don't know. Oh, where it does that. It's like, ah, I feel like that's kind of overplayed too. And it wasn't used in any kind of inspiring way. Just like anytime they showed the desert, they had a a woman vocalizing and it was like yeah i don't know i and i guess like after watching justice league i'm kind of traumatized from all that vocalizing anytime they showed wonder woman's face it was like ah! and you're like saw justice league so, uh, so imagine that you know the, that like middle eastern vocalizing Da-da-da! kind of effect but yeah. literally every time they showed wonder woman's face it would just be a woman going ah <laughs> literally every time it was insane <laughs> to the point where it was like a joke but um yeah, so I, I feel like it tried to use all these, like, Mongolian throat singing, Middle Eastern vocalizations, bagpipes, and, like, synth them all to hell, and, like, to pitch them weird, and to just, like, made this... I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, it also... atmospheric. I, I think it... The most think it, unfair... Well, the most mean thing I can say about it is uninspired to me. And the thing is, like, Hans Zimmer is, like, a huge Dune fan, and actually turned down Christopher Nolan, who he never turns down. He didn't do Tenant to do this because it was like a passion, like a dream job for him to write for Dune. So I was expecting a lot. I'm like, here's Hans Zimmer, the guy who wrote Pirates of the Caribbean and The Lion but King. But that's and not like, this kind of movie. Yeah, you're not going to get any of that. Well, I wasn't though. expecting like a... Yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but I was expecting something. like just your passion project and you hit me with the synth bagpipes. I was like... Not ready for that. Yeah. Ready I don't for know. That. I I think it. Uh, I I mean, personal taste maybe, but I I don't think it was like where have you? If anything, it was different. I don't think it was like an Inception type of deal. Like it was kind yeah. of that way where everything was you know electronic and yeah, but it was kind of like in the back. I think it was more like atmospheric and ambient, which was it's almost not a score. And I kind of I enjoyed it. I think it. I think it helped the movie. Um, would I say it was the best possible version of it? No, I think, like mm-hmm. you said, maybe it could have been more inspired or something else. But I do think it lend. It definitely kind of made the movie atmospheric and gave like that the Dune vibe that I wanted. Yeah. 
I'm glad to hear that, and I know I'm a little more critical yeah, than you... is probably fair for Hans Zimmer right now, but um, I think I just my hopes were too high. And yeah, I, well, I always I try to keep my hopes as low as freaking <laughs> possible, because and then I'm pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised. Sometimes, nice. once in a while. I don't remember the last time I was pleasantly surprised by a movie, Charles. But this one, this one really did it. I was very happy with this. I, I no, I feel excited. like yeah. this movie hit right on expectations for me. It was like I walked you away were being expecting like, it to be this good. I was expecting it to be good. How could it? Not I thought have it was going to be crap because like, everything is crap, Charles. <laughs> everything is, so, is crap. A lot like, of things. I was oh. like, how could this not be at least good? And they, it, they, they, I think it's better than good. I think they failed way too hard in 1984 to where it's like, oh, if they felt comfortable enough putting this out, that it was good. And I, like I said, love the director, love Arrival. Um, so I was ready for it. I liked the look of it. It looked very professional and like they took it a lot more seriously and giving it the breathing room to tell the story it needs to tell. And so it's like they learned all their lessons. It looks good. How could it be bad? Like, let's go. And it was good. It, it How could like... it be bad, Charles, is <laughs> what I say to so many movies. And I don't know how to. I mean, we've talked about James Bond. I don't know how you screw that up. <laughs> Although I still haven't seen the new one, but I bet it's bad. <laughs> I I, I mean know. I've heard okay things. How could they screw it? How could they screw it up? Is um, I, I'll never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I thought you know all the right pieces were there, so at least for like, this, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like that surprise, and it was good. Um, it, to me, it's not like my new favorite movie or anything. And I'm not just saying movies. I'm saying anything. TV shows, video games, uh, mo- you know, all, all most media. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. It's got good people behind it. Uh, why does it suck? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to think of like what stuck with me from this movie. And it wasn't, you know, it was good. I'm definitely. It was like- better than good. It wasn't like great, but this mm. was a, a solid sci fi movie. That's going to have another solid showing, and I really enjoyed it, and yep. I'm excited. You know what I yep. mean? It's not it's not great. Actually, it might be great by today's Although standards. I do feel like all the iconic yeah, Dune is. moments happened in this movie. There's like not many iconic Dune well, moments left. That's because left. They, there was no like moments in the second half of that movie that you could even claim. That's true, to. but it's like the pain test, the betrayal... This like poison Come up some new ones. Let's get some new ones, you know? Let's get some good stuff going. I mean, just talking story. Like, narratively speaking, it's like yeah. those are all the famous things anyway. Yeah, okay. You don't need little quippets. Like that. <laughs> That's a scene. I want a movie. Yeah, so and they can get that. into more of the sand snakes, and we can get into well, more of the relationship yeah. between. Zendaya Give me a huge snake. I want. I want some good. Yeah, I want some good snake action, which is something. You know, again, you were talking about world building before. Um, the way that they showed the worms move through vibration is really cool because yeah. that kind of like makes the sand like liquidy and they actually because that's how and i would start assume, sinking in yeah it's cool yeah that's like it would actually move the sand away instead of like how does a sandworm even move you know there's stuff in the way but this kind of makes it make a little more sense and if a sandworm actually existed that might be how it moved so it, that's a cool little world building detail that they put in that i really liked yeah i agree completely um the 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 all those effects were very cool. I just wish we got to see more of the worms and that there was a bit more yeah, sense of scale to them. And maybe I'm sure if we saw it in IMAX, it'd be a different story. But 
No, still though. It was like you said. We're like they're gonna. Sh- we know they're gonna show a worm at the end, and then we got a little tease. Stingy with the a worm. A couple of times. Yeah. Stingy with the worm. Yeah, well, it was only a uh, hundred and sixty mil budget. They didn't have a lot of uh, money for the worms. Yeah, only. I mean, it's a huge budget. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm trying to think of like other big. That's like my only. You know, like uh, the music could have been better, um, but I'm happy with it. It was atmospheric. The worms. It could have got more worms. Um. I mean, kind of about it. Whole, Maybe I said one more thing earlier. Yeah the the whole story of this movie of Timothy Chalamet like becoming an adult and growing up and things like that. It's an interesting progression. Like I I liked the pain test. That's such a classic, iconic Dune scene. Um, and you, they they added this little scene before that of him talking to his dad and talking about greatness. And, and rising to the occasion and things like that, which is a nice little heavy-handed piece to that. But it was a very good scene. And then um, his relationship with his mother is another super interesting aspect where she's like, has been, without him knowing, training him to be this chosen one and like premeditatively like chose to give birth to him and and like planned it all out to try and make him the chosen one and he's coming to yeah. terms with that as well. I feel like Timothy Chalamet's performance like of the struggling was very good and I I thought, you know, it was a it it, it was well done. That all the plot points were there and there's so much going on that it can be hard to show all that without boring you to tears or taking up several hours. So I I I thought that whole thing, this whole theme of um, rising to the occasion, becoming a man, and you know, like living up to the legend, and all those things, was well done. And yeah, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I would recommend it to even a casual moviegoer. I think oh, yeah. most people would like this movie. Yeah, and then it ends with him in like single combat with this guy, who challenged him to a fight to the death, and then this whole thing about like, oh, he's never taken a life before, and then they do the whole fight and he he wins and he kills a guy and that's like the the big breakthrough for him is like oh yeah you you're at the next stage buddy you're gonna do a lot of suffering before the yeah. day is over and this is just the beginning and it's like that's the right and become thing. this messiah figure that he is mm-hmm. um i wonder how they that, that's kind of something to talk about i wonder where because the original book had a lot of I, like biblical imagery and obviously they even say messiah in the movie i believe mm-hmm. which doesn't have to be a biblical thing it's like for the you know his this in context of the story and um that's interesting here they already said holy war there's going to be but there doesn't seem to be any other biblical themes going on we don't know anything really about the religion of this world so that's i wonder how that what route that takes in the future right and, we get a lot of like yeah. fremen culture which i really like this and this idea of like water being sacred and how much water dictates um, how they live their lives, every aspect of their lives from making coffee to politics to like murder and fighting Using and stuff dead like that. Bodies, yeah, funerals. Yeah. Um, so that part of it was very cool. But yeah, the whole chosen one Messiah thing. And then this whole thing of the, um, 
the Benny Gesserits and all that is kind of a bit more understated. Um, oh, a lot more understated. I was going to bring that in the Space Guild I was going to bring up next, but yeah. I don't get where right now I don't see like this Holy War angle. I saw it in the original. But here, I they kind of shoehorned it in. They could have just yeah, called it a war. Yeah, we just kind of told, on, oh, like the Bene Gesserit were preparing fire. for our arrival by sowing the story of the yeah. Messiah into the Maybe they'll people. talk about it because we mm-hmm. haven't seen the Emperor yet, you know? So maybe there's going to be a whole, like, That's true. the you know, the Emperor of the Universe is, uh, Emperor of the Known Universe is more of a, you know, a God-given right thing and he's... Maybe we'll see what's going on. I hope mm-hmm. they expand upon that and not just leave it hanging, um, because it's a little. It is a little odd, but I, you know, this movie has done so well and it is so clearly thought out that I doubt it's going to be dropped. That's one thing. There's no plot holes. When's the last time you saw a movie with no plot holes, Charles? <laughs> no That's crazy. plot holes. Yeah, but that's insane in this modern. Age, <laughs> but then Charles. you get a movie that just kind of ends. <laughs> but just... that's okay. That's what happens. He goes, all right, going to do something else. Yeah. I think I, I have nothing. There's no there. plot no. holes, but the story's not finished yet. It's you know. Yeah, but still, you you know, you could get a people feel like they go out of their way to put in plot holes in movies. It's so dumb sometimes, and yeah. I I really like when there aren't any, and not like I mean like glaring plot holes, not like a plot. Oh, this might be filled later, like something that they totally forgot about. And I guess the Holy War thing is a plot hole technically, but. Uh, it's either a really minor one or they're going to actually address it. Not like, oh, oh, we forgot about that one thing. That's a mystery now. Deal with it. And that always annoys me a little bit. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was very well constructed. I think pacing and getting the story right were two main priorities for this one after yeah. the 84 oh, version yeah. got so torn apart. And I think a lot of the... Like stigma that came from that movie was like, oh, it's complicated. It doesn't make any sense and kooky and like bizarro and silly and it's a lot of Lynch, like, probably. Yeah, and then so this is a clean movie. It's like, it really we need is. to make like a polished Hollywood blockbuster here. Like we need to be taken seriously, and you know we need to. It needs to. We need to be, you know, dotting all our eyes, crossing all our t's, and I, to that aspect, they succeeded. And yeah. I enjoyed so, all the characters and all, I enjoyed the pacing. I was on, I was on board with it. It's a very smooth viewing for the moviegoer, mm-hmm. despite the uh, coarse and rough nature of sand. And the oh, there you go. And like the <laughs> I hate it. The I hate it. And the <laughs> unrhythmic walking you have to do to not attract the sand. Ah, waves. there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I wonder. Oh, one other question for you is the. Uh, the the nature of the spice changing like mutating people um is that in the book or was that a lynch thing to get some weird mutating stuff people in uh what it, it is like Remember, hallucinogenic it, and it does extend life and but in Lynch's version, remember the giant slug creatures? Those were like the navigators because they used too much spice over hundreds of years because it extended oh, their I life don't and know mutated. For sure. Remember the guy in the tube that they the space guild comes in walking in? Yeah. That was a navigator, but that was like a creature. That wasn't like a no. I think that was. I think that started off as a normal. Maybe it was Mm. an alien, but it was a humanoid. Maybe I'm wrong because it was very confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wonder if that comes up, but it doesn't look like it is. I think any of the super weird stuff is either cut out, maybe Lynch put it in, or who knows. Mm -hmm. I'm interested though. 
So there's a lot of, uh, they kept some stuff in the dark. They changed a couple of things. So even if you know Dune, look forward to the next one. I know I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm highly looking forward to it. And yeah, it might be a few years before we get to see it. But uh, I got to imagine two and a half at the least. It's got to be at least two, yeah, if not more. So, because I got to start over again. From the... Yeah, that's so odd that they, I mean, like. It's, I mean, the... it's risky. Do yeah, we... I guess it's fair. Because, you know, we talked about this on another episode. Why everything is like a superhero movie yeah. or something that they know. Because they have to, it has to make money. It's like, and this it is a more high concept movie from a popular property, but one that has bombed before and does hbo pony up any cash hbo well i I think they're making like a mini series um dune sisterhood it's a tv series that they're making um as like a spin-off to yeah to this yeah no but i mean like they get first run of these things when they come out and I don't know, because you got to think, how is the studio going to like mitigate the damages if something flops? Because you're not you're losing all those DVD sales and stuff, which is one of the reasons why all of these things need to make money. So, do the streaming companies take some of the budget? I doubt, or do they buy the well, I mean, rights it's all to owned it or by something? The same people, it's all the same companies, so it's like yeah, I get. I mean, who owns? Uh, I thought AT and T owns um, what's it called HBO for a while. Maybe they still do. Maybe AT&T owns Warner also? Yeah. I do think they all kind of own each other. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the hierarchy, but um, it's all time, It's all Warner, I think, or um, whatever company is above them all. But, yep, it's um, – well, what happens is when you get these subscribers like this, you're able to have more cash flow to take some of these more creative risks. I mean, Dune's not really a creative risk because it's a – critically acclaimed but you never know people might not but it was not a lock you know by any means so i think they were like look this movie's flopped before people didn't care back then why would they care today it's only older now so i can see them being hesitant and then like people like the the era of the cinematic universe was kind of not certain either no one had been able to pull it off and marvel had just ended and star wars was having a hard time getting off the ground and mm-hmm. canceled all their big projects to go into tv so nothing was certain and then the pandemic happened which no one could have predicted and they'd already made the movie at that point so <laughs> but i think it's like i don't know for sure but is this one of like the biggest post-pandemic releases now of all these movies that were holdouts like i don't know how the marvel movies did but i think this is uh warner's warner specifically's best movie since the pandemic um even bigger than like godzilla vs kong but that wasn't in theaters really that yeah i i don't maybe that doesn't count but this i looked it up i think it's or number two it's it's up there this is a win a big win i mean this one is the first time i've tried to see a movie and it was sold out the past couple times i went to see a movie i was the only one in there and this is sold out that's great i want to see more like a little make something different i mean yeah it's not an original ip it's not really different but you know what it is a risk it's a different trend than what's popular now you know it's not star wars it's not marvel it's more high concept I love it, and it looks like people are really enjoying it. Which, hey, it's if that if 
give me something new. Give the people something new. I think it's going to be, uh, maybe it starts a new trend, I doubt, but... No, I don't know if it'll get that big, but at least no. we'll see another movie and a TV show, and that will be No, that. but it might say, hey, other movie studio, studios, you could try something. It doesn't have to be this. Yeah, let's Just challenge write it our well. audiences right. a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice? And make it well. Don't half-ass it. Yeah. Get a real director who's passionate about him. Mm-hmm. Let him do what he wants, and yeah. then you're going to end up with a, a good movie. Yeah. You know, yeah who you know, would have thought? Right. Like I that that's why I say when you say like how could it be bad Charles somehow it's always a lot of the time bad <laughs> this is all they have to do is let the director make a good movie and usually that works if they right. don't meddle too much not all the time of course but um, and I looked it up AT and T owns it's like one of America's two companies three companies <laughs> <laughs> it owns all of the it's things the one we the just top, talked yeah, about yeah it owns like yeah. Warner Media which owns. Yeah, HBO, so. HBO, and Comcast. I think or Direct TV, or something Comcast, like that. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah. So wow, if Alexander Graham Bell, who would have thought? Who would have thought? He would have. Uh, who he would have blown his mind? Blown his mind. Yeah. So. So what do we got? We got an Alexander Graham Bell drop, Scrimshaw, and Baleen. It's pretty good. Yeah. Krill. Yeah. You got Krill, Krill in there too. I think. Krill. I did say yeah. Krill. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, yeah, that's the takeaway from this episode. It's Krill. Yeah. <laughs> and C. Dune, if you and haven't. And AT&T, big company. at and I mean, when yeah. your stock market ticket is just the letter T, you know you're an <laughs> <Right>. institution. <laughs> I mean, how old? I mean, it's got to be like, what, 200 years old? Not really. 150, maybe? Uh, when did the, the when did the the phone come out? Yeah. Oh, not the company. Well, I was like, when was the phone invented? American Telegram and Telegraph. Oh, I have no idea. It was the company is only like forty years old, but there's no way that's true. Founded October fifth, nineteen eighty-three, thirty-six years ago. But then it American says Telephone and Alexander Telegraph. Graham Bell. Yeah, no, it's not. it must have there's been no when way. they rebranded. Oh, yeah, they changed their logo or something. It must have been like formerly this company, which is formerly this company, which is formerly this company. Yeah. Um, So whatever, though, you got to go way back. But Wikipedia literally says 40 years ago. (laughs) The rise and fall of the landline, 143 years of telephones. I was pretty close with 150. Nice. I was very close, actually. That's old school. Well, Yeah. technology guys, uh, thank you all so much. For listening to our discussion of Dune 2021. This was over a year of anticipation. Most anticipated movie of the year for two years. Very impressive run. And now it is out for all of us to enjoy. I feel like this one has been getting into popular culture more so than like the James Bond movie or so some of these other movies that have been coming out. I feel like for the first time, people are like planning to go it de- see it and talking about it. And- well, it deserves it, really. It's some. It's I agree. Somebody really tried to make this movie, and I don't feel like a lot of movies are like that. They're either, you know, by the book winners because they have to be, or they're little independent films, which are fair. I, that's I'm taking those off the book, but um, or they're just a hey, we'll make another one of these and. Oh, okay, people will see it, or you know, this one deserves for people to see. I like this. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Dune. Big fan of Dune. Big fan of Dune. And if you like this, go watch Arrival. 
Um, so well, we might watch that. I want to watch should. that. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, and we you, can put it I on the show. Forgetting you haven't seen it. I know. Bro, you yeah. gotta see it. All right, maybe so that's our good. next. We're out of sci-fi movies um, for a while. <laughs> well, we'll go back to Star dude, Wars for a bit. Two days from now, we're going into sci-fi movies. Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> but we can't say what it is. But, uh, you know, check your calendars. You might be oh, able to boy. figure it out. Um, but until two days from now, guys, we're going to yeah. focus on, we're going to celebrate Dune for the next couple of days before Little we get Dune, into what we've got planned next. Little then. secrets. A and departure then, from Dune to be sure. But yeah. uh, And then maybe an arrival. Oh. <laughs> nice, bro. Nice. Well, I, I think there we just go. got to end it now. I, what, we can, there's no topping that. No topping it. I mean, more whale facts, but mm. we should just go. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm all tapped <laughs> out of whale up. facts. Trust me. Call me Ishmael. That's all I got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. Go watch Dune. Goodbye. Sponsored by Dune. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Roger, Roger. Roger.